One more time, can we clap our hands to the Lord? Let's give him the praise. What a beautiful spirit that's here. Lord, we give you all of the praise. And we lift your name. Well, we're very happy that you're here today. And it's, of course, a brand new year. We have a number of sick folk. And it's a wonderful thing that we have such a good crowd. And even with those that are not able to be here. And, of course, you'll be praying for those that are. And so... We're just thanking the Lord for his many blessings and for what he has done for us. I'd like you to grab your Bibles and turn to Genesis, the very last chapter, and let's break the bread of life together today. Here in Genesis 50, which we will read a few verses, we have the summary of a life of a man used by God to change the world forever. His name is Joseph. God used Joseph to establish Israel precisely where God meant for them to be. He used Joseph to do the miraculous. And, of course, it cost him greatly. I'm going to begin reading. And uh, so follow. I'm going to be a little sporadic here. But verse 17 is where we will begin. Genesis 15 and 17. And uh, here we see the explanation of the terrible horror that was foisted upon the youngest brother of uh, Israel's sons, of course, Joseph, beginning with them selling him into slavery. And that you would say, well, that's the worst thing could possibly happen to a human being is slavery and to be thrust and uh, aside and, and, and abandoned and so on. But of course... That was just the beginning of the many sorrows that he faced. And the story of Joseph makes up a sizable part of the book of Genesis. But look here at verse 17. So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin. For they did unto thee evil, and now we pray thee, Forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. Look at verse 18. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, fulfilling Joseph's dream. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not. For am I in the place of God? Now, this is critical. We've got one more, one more verse here. This is critical. For Joseph here is revealing the life lesson that his entire lesson meant. How many would like to be used of God and know at the end of your life you are a mighty lesson in the hands of God? He says, I, am I in the place of God? And, of course, the answer is no. I'm not in the place of God. I am not God. And I must yield to his purpose, not my own. So here's our text, verse 20. But as for you, Joseph says to his brothers who treated him evil, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. God meant it. Can you say that with me? God meant it. I'm preaching today 
the word, the bread of life, a message entitled, God meant it. Would you lay your Bibles aside and let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts one more time as his word goes forth. Let's lift our hands together and our voices. Father, we thank you for your anointing that we feel already in this place. Thank you for a sacred tabernacle where we can gather and truth can be preached and your glory is falling. I pray today, Lord, that you will help us to receive the word of God and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Smile. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. God meant it. So these are indeed troubling days. And these are difficult times. But God is able to allow us to see what he means in the midst of all that takes place round about us. Now I am speaking here to people today who are very likely to see the coming of Jesus and the rapture of his saints. Anybody believe that here today? Well, I believe it. I'm talking to people that will most assuredly see the coming of Jesus. We're in the midst of times fraught with evil intent. All about us. I hear it every single day. They can't understand what's happened. What, where are we going? Why are things changing so fast? And so it is that we see the culture around us. Sometimes we in the church think of it in various ways. For example, we might say that morality is crumbling or the culture is in trouble. And so we see in this evil atmosphere or intent of evil, the building animosity and world tension. People are wondering, what is it? What is going on? What is God doing? And many people, of course, claim, especially the politicians, they all claim to speak for God. And yet people are still holding what we used to say, holding their breath. Concerned about the next shoe that will drop, as we have said. Which is, at least in my mind, an idiom that means what's going to happen now. But it is precisely in times like these that we must have faith. Hallelujah. Can you praise the Lord with me for just a moment? Father, we need faith like never before. In times like these, when I was a young man and I first came into Pentecost and my folks were nowhere near church, knew nothing of God. But I remember a young lady used to get up. I was just a young man and uh, she turned out she was the pastor's daughter, but she would sing a song. She, she was quite a singer and she would sing a song in times like these these and I remember how it would just and that was a long a long time back and uh, I'm 61 and I was probably not quite just very early teens when I first heard this song I have no idea when this song was written I, I suspect it was a fairly recent uh, rendering and she was singing in times like these we need an anchor hallelujah does anybody feel today that we've got an answer for the times in which we live 
The real urgency of these days has nothing to do with militants. It has nothing to do with politics. What we need and the urgency of the hour has nothing to do with ISIS or jihadists or moral decay. You say, well, then what, pray tell, does it have to do with? These things are indeed real. They are threats and they are concerning. But the real need is not political. It is not military. It is not threat assessment. The angst that people feel in their souls has nothing to do with the surroundings in our world. They reflect it, but they are not its cause. In these last days, the real need of the hour is to put our trust in God. That is the need of this hour. Far too many people have thought that too trite and too small of a duty. But putting our trust in God is the most important thing that we can do. If anything has shaken your faith or tarnished or dented your optimism in a God who is in total control. In other words... You used to sort of think that God controlled everything, but now something has affected your mind and you have trouble with it. And uh, so it is that we live in that kind of a world. And let me tell you, you're not alone, for there are many voices vying in these last days for the hearts of men and women. All kinds of voices. But I have news for you. There's a God who is in total control hallelujah i want to help your optimism just a little bit here at the same time he is a god who is good and just at the same time hallelujah many people have lost faith in government they've lost faith in people they've lost faith in their neighbors but i say to you today God never changes. He is the same God that made this world. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's good preaching, Brother French. So it's time for you to have a spiritual revelation. God is not willing to let you go untouched by his hand. I'm hearing from more and more people who mistakenly Choose anger over faith. I'm seeing it every day. In fact, I'm seeing it. I told someone the other day. I said what we are seeing boiling in our culture. It, we have seen it in many cultures. It is not new. But it is a choice that people make. When they throw their Bibles away and they choose the bars. Then it, these things begin to bubble up. When they begin to say there is no God. I have no need of a God. Something else comes to the surface. And that's the day in which we live. That's why, for example, many people hope that we can put our trust in the economies of the, of the experts. And they'll figure out a way so that our homes aren't burned to the ground and our lives aren't changed and everything will be just fine. But I say today, no man is capable 
of bringing what is in the hearts of our generation. The need of our day is faith. Now, I hear them, especially all around us. I want to be careful. Maybe I shouldn't even say this. I, I thought I had the courage to say it. Maybe I won't. Uh, does anybody feel the Holy Ghost here today? God is trying to speak to this world right now. You say, you're just a little old church down South Atlanta. No, no, no. No, we're not. We are God's people. We are the people of God. We have a right to be heard. I hear them all around me, especially in the privileged of our society. I'm hearing it. Now, I know that's not popular to say. Some of you are going to say that's a political statement. There is not a moment of political intent in saying that those that have the most are filled with the greatest angst. Oh, hallelujah. Sometimes we call some of these people stars. The stars. I think of them as the privileged. They may, be, they may have earned everything they have. I'm not suggesting anything otherwise. I'm simply saying they are privileged. And I hear among them a great angst. And angst, by the way, is a German word that means they're really nervous. I hear them in many places. And I hear it like I've heard it generations past, even in my short 60 years. I may share, well, I'm going to, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to just, I'm just going to do it in Jesus' name. So I hear it in many places. And it is the bottom line of their angst is bitterness. Say, why would they be bitter? What is it? What's happening to people when bitterness rules their heart? I'm reminded of words so well spoken by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who was at that particular moment. I'm not going to go deep into it. I do love to read Dr. King, of course, as many do. And of course, we've just recently been celebrating. I thought of this even then, last week, in the, in the middle of the celebration of his victories and of his life. He's a great example because of so many things, but, but I want to refer to one particular, and I thought a great deal about it, weighing my right to even say it, and so I've, I've waited and I'm, I'm going forward. A man whose example and accomplishments and life were amazing. These things were not achieved and his legacy is not remembered because he responded in bitterness. I think I've read every word he ever wrote. I haven't heard every sermon he ever preached, although I've read every written sermon. His, his sermons from jail are so amazing that you should read them every single year. They are just unbelievably powerful. But he's not remembered because he faced. Now you say, wait, you know how it ended. No, no, no I'm, not, I'm not allowing it. 
I don't care the fact that it cost him so dearly. The truth of the matter was the man never became bitter. He instead, he explained it like this. And now I'm going to quote from his own sermon. You speak of our activity in Birmingham as extreme. Now I'm going to leave some words out because I want to be, go a little faster than his sermon I'm leaving little bits out on purpose because I need to. Was not Jesus, he said, an extremist for love? Was not Amos an extremist for justice? Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And I'm quoting him. I'm not preaching. I'm just quoting so the question is not, I quote, whether we will be extremist, but what kind of extremists will we be? Will we be extremists for hate or for love? So let me say, let me rephrase today. The question is not, are these perilous times? May we face a balcony and an assassin's bullet? Is there any chance that life will deal us an extreme blow? Is there any chance that life is unfair? Yes. The question is not, are we in perilous times? The question is, will we discover what God means by it all? That is what is critical. Will we say with the atheist, there is no God? Or will we say, God is great and greatly to be praised? Hallelujah. For surely as I stand before God, Satan means one thing by it. He means one thing by it. And God means something entirely different. As with Joseph, God meant it to redound for good. I'm talking to someone today. Can we just lift a hand and kind of give him a little bit of praise? I'm talking to somebody. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. God meant it. God meant it. He knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. God knows what he's doing. Don't you play God. Don't you pretend you're God. It's time that we tell the devil, get behind me, Satan. There's a good God that's in charge of it all. Hallelujah. And he knows, this God knows exactly what he's doing. So putting your trust in God is the key. It's not listening to the newest intellectual. I'm not against intellectuals. It's not putting your trust in the latest philosophy, philosopher, politician, I'm not against politics. I'm not against philosophers. I think they have a, some interesting things to say. But 
Not for one moment do I think that they hold a key to the hearts of men and women. I do not. I do not believe it. I do not believe a president, a potentate, a king, a star, anybody that is man holds the key to what men need and what they long for. No, sir. I do not believe it. I have put my trust in what God is doing. Woo, hallelujah. I put my trust in him. Thank you, Jesus. So, praise God, praise God, praise God. Let's do some meaningful soul searching together. Just, just, uh, us and uh, let's say that we're going to look the problem the issue our world whatever square I'm not sure why we say it this way but it is common to say it just look at square you ever heard that <laughs> I, I need you to say it real convincing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, square in the face. I, I don't know where they get this. I, half the idioms, I love idioms, but, but uh, to look something square in the face has, I'm sure, very deep and powerful uh, meaning. But you get the point. We're not going to skirt it. We're not going to run. We're not going to pretend that some human that's just the same as you or me, that they are the solution. We're going to look it directly on. Perhaps you once wore the coat. <laughs> Maybe you're the one that wore the coat of favor. It had many colors, and you felt that you had rights and privileges. You felt that surely this meant that everything was going to be an easy street from now on. And then someone did you wrong. You lost something dear. Like I hear people say almost uh, regularly. I'm going to say every day, but I don't hear it every day, but I hear it a lot. Something they'll say, I, there's something, Reverend, it's just, I've lost it. I don't, I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do about it. And you've lost it. You had a coat and now it's blood stained and something went wrong and you've struggled. And what happens is something begins to take place. And it is easy to play the blame game. It is as easy, it is so easy and perhaps even excusable to some extent when the answer really must not be blame. It is not who is to blame. It is not how hard is this circumstance. It is not how difficult it will be. The real answer must be to begin to see what God meant by it all. I'm trusting the purpose of God. Does anybody hear me today? I'm trusting the purpose of God. What did God mean for me in the midst of this difficulty and this 
pain. And I want the musicians just just come come on and I'll tell you when. But come on to the front. We're going uh, I've already got folks so nervous they're not sure. So, but they're coming. They're coming. That's almost a guarantee that within an hour we'll be wrapping this up. So the musicians are coming. I'm not saying to you today an easy panacea and that you're supposed to be blind to evil. I've never said it. I don't mean it for one moment. I do not mean that you are to be some sort of a wimp. And uh, perhaps you're offended by me using that word, but uh, I hope you understand my meaning. I'm not trying to suggest that it is easy. I really mean it as Dr. King meant it. It's very clear, you know, language is fairly clear. If you, if you know the language, you can figure out what the possibilities of meaning are. And Dr. King is pretty clear that he was not filled with bitterness. He understood something deeper. And so that's how I'm approaching this today. Dr. King's meaning is, is very much like what Joseph said. God had a purpose. God meant it. Praise God. You ever have some, you ever think, come on, we're looking at it square in the face. We'd all like to say, I wish that had never happened. I wish I'd have never suffered like that. I wish I hadn't had to have that. All of us have said it. Hey, when, uh, when this young man right here went into his fourth open heart surgery, I went into a room, closed the curtains. It was so dark you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. And I said, God, I want to tell you something. I do not understand. You're the healer. You could heal anything. I have no doubt in my mind. And yet we're walking into this hospital in just a few moments. We're going to walk in. We're going to have a fourth open heart surgery. They're going to take my son's heart out of his chest. And he's only six years old. I said, Lord, I do not understand it. And God whispered. In a dark, stinky hotel room. I heard it as clear as I can hear my own voice as I speak. You say, you mean you heard an audible voice? I heard it as clear as my own voice right now. Whispering to me. I do not understand it. The first surgery I got, I okay, and the, and then the second we could, and the third, Lord, it was unbearable. But to think we're going to have this surgery today, I do not understand. And I expected lightning to strike me and kill me. I I was so distraught. I actually, Sister French will tell you. I told her I feel as though God needs to slay me because I cannot grasp any of it. So I went in knowing. I rented the hotel knowing that God would probably have to kill me. And I said, I was thinking of those Old Testament priests that would go in and they'd tie a, you know, I didn't have anybody tie a rope to my leg, but that's how I felt. I felt as unworthy as an old shoe somebody threw off to the side. I felt as abandoned as you could feel. I wasn't sure. 
But in that dank, dark room, and I don't know what the neighbors thought. Maybe they weren't any in the rooms by. I hope not. Because I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just screaming out to God. I don't understand. I don't get it. What are you doing? You're able. I don't know why. What am I? Why, Lord? I don't get it. And I stopped and I bowed my head. I was so discouraged. And I could hear it ever so sweet. And I've lived to remember it ever since. I heard the voice of the Lord. As I was screaming, I don't understand. It came through as a whisper, but you will. You will. I put my head in my hands. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm so embarrassed. That's all I needed. I needed to hear your voice. You can have this happen a hundred times. If I know you have a reason. Whatever your reason is, Lord. It's okay with me. It's okay with me. And that's the surgery of Ryan. I'm embarrassing. Hey, I'm sorry. I, I'm just told you I'm going to preach what I feel. Went in and told the doctors, "Listen, if you won't do surgery on me, I'll, I'll, I'll offer them something." And they said, "No, um, we'll, uh, we have to do the surgery." And here he is today, my friend. God meant it for good. Would you stand with me together? Let's bow our heads. I feel a very, a very special time. I've been very, very uh, personal. Joseph saw that his brothers came to Egypt. Famine was everywhere. So he, he, the Bible says he hid his identity and acted like he, he didn't know them. But he did know them. Because God doesn't expect you to just go out there and let them chop your head off. God isn't saying you can't ask why. God is trying to tell you that in the midst of the problems all about us, he meant it for good. Satan wants you to believe that it's over. There's no hope. There's no answer. But like Joseph revelation comes somewhere on your knees somewhere in a dark world that says it's not possible there is a revelation as Joseph saw as he saw his brothers standing there they didn't know who he was but he knew who they were and a revelation filled his heart he could remember those dreams that God had placed in his heart and they flooded his soul once more I'm talking to someone today that knows somehow instinctively that God means it. God has a purpose in the midst of it. Satan wants you to believe otherwise. 
But suddenly it came to Joseph. He became an extremist for love. Through all of the circumstances, now he's right next to the Pharaoh of Egypt. He pretended that his brothers were spies and, and uh, none of it made sense. They were no more spies than the man in the moon. And, and, and he sent them back for the brother he never knew. All because this is what God meant all along. Folks, let me tell you something. Could we just lift a hand and tell him, let's talk to him for just a minute. Father, I know, I know it's not been easy, but I'm putting my trust in you today. And I am lifting up your name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I want us to step out. I want us to come. I wish we could get everybody in this room to stand in the presence of the Lord in this altar. You say, why the altar? Because this is a sacred place. And I would never tread on your, uh, your privacy. You can come and pray any way you choose. But I'd love to see us standing here. And if you can't, I want you to, where you are, I want you to bow your heads. We're going to come before the Lord. I'm talking to someone. You've been blessed. You look around and you sense, oh my goodness, look at all these blessings. I've been through so many difficulties. But your heart says, I ought to thank God for all of this. Oh, hallelujah. I ought to thank God for this. Brother French, help me sing. Oh, yes. How great thou art. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. Can we just lift a hand to him? Lord, somebody's tears are. Somebody's tears are. Flowing today. Somebody's heart is recognizing that you're the answer. Running is not the answer. You're the answer, Lord. I need to thank God. I should pray. God's brought me a long way. Hallelujah. He's been watching out for you. He meant it. He knows what you've been through. He understands your past and he knows your future. You bring your purposes to the God of heaven and your soul is suddenly set afire. Hallelujah. How great. Come on, help us sing it. Oh, yes. Then sings my soul. That's it. Just take your time. Just take your time right now. Lord, I know you see every tear. Lord, you see our heart. You see our emotion. You know what's in us. Lord, we lift up our voice. We ought to sing about it. We've been through the valley. We've been through difficulty. We've been through prejudice. We've been through hard times. Lord, we've been through rejection. But somehow the dream is back. (laughs) Somehow the dream has come back. We realize this is the house of God. We can have a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I wonder, is this, I have no voice, but can we sing like halfway a cappella? Have you ever heard of halfway a cappella? 
All right, it's a new thing that I do. And it goes like this. We need a little help, but we don't need much, okay? Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. Here we go. All right. How great thou art. That's it. If you'd sing that. Oh, yeah. How great. All right, here we go. Now we're going to go to full. Hallelujah. Come on, this is it. Then sings my soul, my Savior God. Oh, hallelujah. That's it. That's the, that's the place. I'm giving it to you, Lord. How great thou art. How great thou All right, now, let's bow our heads. Hold it just for a minute. We'll sing it again, and we're about to leave here. But somebody is right on the, right on the cusp. I wonder if you could reach over to someone right now by faith. Just gently, nothing, nothing to disturb the presence of the Lord. Let's just reach out to somebody. Come on. Let's pray in Jesus' name that this will be the breakthrough. That this will be the place that we recognize that the dream has come back. Lord, I can be everything you want me to be. I don't have to be dictated to by sin. I don't have to be destroyed. I don't have to be walked on. I have a God that means it. He means it for good in my life oh thank you Jesus I believe you oh that's it my friend I believe it I believe it somebody oh yes here we go one more time oh yes it sings my soul my Savior God to thee that's it I feel such an anointing praise God how great thou art. Thank you, Jesus. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about anybody else. How great thou art. One last time. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Oh, oh.